If you want to be my lover, you got to hang out with my friends, whatever that song's called. See, yeah. I don't know the name of the song, right. but I know yeah. what it sounds like. <laughs> and and the, the fucking music video was just seagulls on a beach eating chips. <laughs> eating chips? <laughs> <laughs> what is this, the Spice Gulls? Like, what the... Ah. Is, is, is this just a bad pun? <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Jamal Abdul, and I am the host of the Fezmez Comedy Podcast, where each week I talk to one of my favorite up-and-coming comedians. And on this episode, I talk to one of the most unique voices in the local stand-up comedy scene. His material is some of the most well-thought-out and articulate jokes I think I've ever heard. He's my friend and stand-up comedian, Liam McCann. And uh, if you want to catch Liam, you can catch him at our next show on June 8th at Two Doors Up Cafe and Bar. He'll be hosting the evening bringing on all the great local comedians that the Illawarra has to offer. So be sure to get along to that. Nonetheless, let's press on with the podcast. Actually, because I know like you you may take a picture of me for the podcast. So like, I'm like, oh, should I actually have to look decent? I only had like 20 minutes to get ready. Because I'm like, if I don't, it's going to take a, the free bus an hour to get here because I can't estimate time at all. <laughs> so I rushed and like combed my hair, which I never do, and wore like half decent clothes. So you had 20 minutes to get ready for an 11 a.m. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag uni life. <laughs> so you're, are you actually studying for stuff or is that your, that's just your standard routine? That's just normal. That's, yeah, that's like if I get up before 10, something is happening that day. Like there's a funeral it's or an something. Event. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> not you even, be, you not getting, even a positive event. It's a funeral. No, no yeah. like you can be getting married. I'm like, no, nah, I'll see you at the reception. I'm not. <laughs> Just give me a I'll pass, just be there man. for the hors d'oeuvres. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Jesus. So, so what's your um? So when do you go to sleep? Like, what's your what's your go to sleep? On normal time, yeah. like somewhere between one and two. Okay. A.M. Like I, it sucks because like I try to go to excuse me. I try to go to sleep like get into bed around twelve to one. I don't want to get into bed before uh, like. After that, because after that, it's just like you just stay up for it's ungodly hours. It's just ridiculous. But there's a massive difference between when I go into bed and when I fall asleep. I can't force myself to sleep. I don't know. I can't do that. It's like a magic yeah. trick. Other people are just like, yeah, I can just go to sleep whenever. Like my partner can just sleep. She can be talking to me on the phone and we're just gone. Damn. And I'm just like, the fuck? How do you do that? So she works full time. So she's got like the energy is like not there whereas I'm lazy. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, my, my brain's the same. It just ticks over and ticks over. And then like I've never gone to sleep with intention. Like I feel like <laughs> I just pass out whenever it happens. Yeah, exactly, like, exactly. Yeah, I don't know, man. Go yeah, going to sleep's hard. I've been trying to go to sleep earlier at the moment, obviously, because as I mentioned before we started recording the podcast, I'm trying to wake up earlier in mm. the morning. And man, like I was in bed the other day at like 8.30 and I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, I feel like I'm grounded. Like I'm in trouble. Like I just couldn't go to sleep, man. It wasn't dark enough at 8.30 at night. Yeah, no. It's, it's really not. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. Going to sleep's hard. Welcome to the Going to Sleep podcast. <laughs> I just assume that most people listen to podcasts when they're going to sleep. So if you're Maybe sleeping- that's, Maybe that's the secret. Just put on someone trying to be entertaining and just realizing they're not at all and then just- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is, the, this is the podcast you listen to to go to sleep. Yeah. You know, make it as boring as possible. You slow your brain waves down. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so if you're that, studying- That's how that works. The brain waves slow down. Yeah, <laughs> that that's That is science. exactly how it works. That's my, that's my <laughs> scientific analysis of the brain is it's just an ocean 
and then all of a sudden it stops being an ocean when you go to sleep. I don't know. It's, it's the brain waves <laughs> stop. It's yeah. not an ocean anymore. It's just a body of water that does not move. Are brain waves even a thing? No. No, it's not, is it? It's, that's something that like dumb people say when they think they're being creative. Hey, I've just had a brain wave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, the brain is interesting. It sounds like um, like hipster music you study to. Like you, you've heard of like vapor wave? Yes. Like is this music just slowed down? <laughs> it's, it's complex vapor wave. <laughs> it's complex vapor wave. It's, it's vapor wave it's in vapor an wave odd time signature or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's like math vaporwave. Math vaporwave. They change time signatures every eight <laughs> bars or some shit. Math wave. <laughs> <laughs> that would. I think that would make vaporwave uh, almost almost interesting. Actually. Yeah. Oh man. I don't understand. I don't understand vaporwave. Like obviously, it's not an uncommon thing to hate on vaporwave. But man, I do not get it. I do not get it for the life of me. Like, because I, I can listen to ambient music. I can I can get experimental, but vaporwave. You know what it reminds me of? Mm. It's just like. This is what comes to my head when I hear, hear Vaporwave. It reminds me of playing um, Grand Theft Auto, Vice City, but if you were on some kind of downer. Like, it, that's the music it reminds me of. And I don't know why that video game specifically, but that's no, what it that, reminds me of. Makes, it's got a very 80s kind of thing to it. A lot of Vaporwave music is from the 80s. And there's that kind of like pink fluoro kind of vibe in all the art that it uses so that 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 is that aesthetic yeah. to use the, the terminology yeah. <laughs> with one space between each letter <laughs> that fits yeah uh, there's, a, yeah. there's a few vaporwave tracks i can get down with like you know running in the 90s that fucking meme uh maybe it, <laughs> i don't know I'm, could, I'm behind on my meme game at the, the moment if, if, if I know a meme, you should know a meme. I'm behind on my meme game. Okay. You're super behind. Is, that, is it an old meme? Oh, no, no, I don't know. Define old. Like, it's not that old. Okay. But, like, there's a vaporwave version of that. It actually sounds pretty good. Right. <laughs> so, if you've got any vaporwave versions of memes, hit me up. I might be able to... Yeah. <laughs> no, but there's a, there's a guy on YouTube named Adam Neely, and he's, like, a... Well, he's an educator. Like, he teaches music on YouTube or mm. whatever. And uh, he had this whole... He did this whole think piece kind of thing on making it not stupid like trying to make it like a legitimate genre and he, and he jams it out with his with a drummer and he's a bass player and it actually it actually does sound good you're like okay so this music has potential if people weren't so lazy about it <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's like i don't know like wait, vaporwave is literally just taking the song and then slowing it down and then publishing it and going yeah, yeah here exactly. you go this is the song it's like it's like when open micers go out and tell the comedies a lot like sex yeah exactly joke. It's that yeah, equivalent. yeah like it's, losing my virginity because yeah. for the first time yeah i love those jokes i like hearing everyone spin on the same <laughs> joke i shouldn't that, trash that because you know what if an open micer signs up and they do that joke that, at least it's a joke hey like yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? it, it's this it's not fucking all oh, those politically correct people hey <laughs> waits for response <laughs> so i was walking down the street the other day and then they think a laugh's gonna happen <laughs> yeah <laughs> or they tell a story I, I love it i love i love bad open mic as much as i love good open mic i do love bad open mic like I, man i was at an open mic night a couple of weeks ago and this dude just tells his joke about um shitting on his front lawn <laughs> And that was it. And that was truly it. Like he didn't bother to write any punchlines. It was merely just an embarrassing story and just complete silence on behalf of the audience. And you just looked at, like, you just know that he just went, all right, I just shit on my lawn and didn't get a joke out of it. 
that's the worst part. Yeah, that's the worst part, right? And you've just told this story in front, you know, in front of like fifteen other comedians. <laughs> Where was this? I'm not going to out the room. Not gonna out the room. Um, Fair enough. But um, yeah, man. Oh, it's so funny. It's funny. Yeah. But I don't yeah. know, at least if you did, like, at least when open mic is when they, like, their first set and they do the, you know, oh, comedy's a lot like sex, at least they've put thought into it. Yeah, li- you yeah. Know, and, they, like- and they feel like it's an original idea and they've written punchlines to it. Do you yeah, know the, I mean? the intention behind it is good. Like, they're not trying to be hacked. They're not trying to just rip someone off. Yeah, They're yeah. generally trying to think of something funny. So, yeah, kudos for that. Yeah, and I guess it's, it's, just- it's an obvious thing to think of, too. It's like, you know, people always say the same thing. You know, oh, you yeah. know, I'm sweaty. I won't need the full five minutes. <laughs> yeah. I'm wearing a T-shirt for some reason. Like, you know, just, just like... <laughs> Everyone has like their version of it, kind of thing. Yeah. Like, but yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't count that as a hack joke. I think if you're a new comedian, yeah, go for it, man. Go go for the hack material. Yeah, I suppose because they don't. They haven't been to open mics as many times as we have. Like they don't know what's common and what's not. They're just like, oh, I thought of a thing. Cool. I'll just write that down. There's no malice on their part. Yeah. Here's a funny thing. Yeah. Exactly. It just happens to be the same funny thing. Yeah. It's. I mean, other people have thought of. I think it's the most like. I think that's the most general, like genuine parallel thought that people have when they first mm. start writing comedy is because, man, like, yeah, when you first do it, you just feel crazy. Like you just, you don't know like how to manage your, yourself. Well, you, you actually started stand up when you were young. So what was, yeah. what was your experience like, you know, doing your first stand up spot? First stand up spot. Um, Cause like a lot of the, I wrote a whole bunch of stuff before that. Like the, the first stuff I wrote was like about this girl I liked. Because that was, that was part of the reason I got into stand-up in the first place. Of was course. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> get attention of a girl. And then I hand this like 30-page monologue to my drama teacher. I'm like, oh, could I do this? And she's like, nah, maybe don't do that. <laughs> but 30 she's, page monologue. Saying, How long did you think five minutes went for? <laughs> <laughs> no, because this is the only... Man, my, my, my material is dot points. Like... <laughs> This is, this is prose. This is like this paragraphs of shit. But oh, I, man. Wasn't, I wasn't writing for five minutes. I was writing for like because like the first ten. You were thing, doing your first hour special. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was just skip skip over. Like just go straight to HBO. Just skip <laughs> skip all the middlemen. <laughs> Fuck this. But yeah. Um, but yeah. I, my, my, I gave it to my drama teacher and just like no. Nah, but maybe there's this class clowns thing. This competition for students. Try that. It's only five minutes, but that's like a, an easier stepping stone. I'm like, all right, fair enough. And like, well, I can't shorten this story down to five minutes. That's impossible. So I wrote like an entirely new thing. And it was mostly just like, like most people just start off with like personal experiences, who they are yeah. and kind of those things. So like half of it was that. And half of it was politics because that's what everyone wants to hear. The, the opinions of a 16-year-old white male. <laughs> really? So people actually took the political avenue for class clowns. Well, I did. Well, oh, yeah, you did. That, that doesn't that doesn't surprise <laughs> no, no, I, me. I, I, I the, thought you meant like other students as no, well. No, no, I was no, like, no, oh my god, dude. In, my first my first um, gig was at Class Clowns. It was at um, right. the Wollongong Heat, and there were three competitors. There was me. There was a, another stand-up comic um, about the same age as me, and there was um, a group of three girls with Madeline Stewart in it. Right, okay. Uh, and my, my drama teacher told me, all right, they're not going to pick groups. They never pick groups to go through. So really, you only have one competitor. I'm like, okay. And <laughs> which is why, of course, Madeline Stewart has made it further than either of us have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what it must be like to have a work ethic. Anyway. The <laughs> so yeah, anyway, I get on stage. I think I went before him. No, no, he went first. 
And he did like just ethnic material because he was, I don't think, I don't, I think it was Italian and just did jokes about being Italian. Right. It's like, all right, fair enough. And then I go up and do jokes about being a nerd and shitting on the government. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> As all 16 year olds yeah, yeah, do. Exactly. Just <laughs> re- reading about how shit Medicare is, the intricacies. <laughs> wasn't even that. It was just like, well, fuck the healthcare system. It really wasn't anything more than that. Um, <laughs> Fuck the healthcare system. I need braces. <laughs> <laughs> What's the avenue you take at 16? No, yeah. the, the, the joke, the, the, the initial joke was, because um, our library, the roof in our library was made of straw. <laughs> I'm okay. like, what the fuck? I'm like, yeah, let's get a, and it was like right above the science labs. I'm like, yeah, let's put, put a room full of paper and straw above the fucking science labs. Right, where they have buns and burners. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> This is just a big. I said this is the biggest government-funded practical joke I've ever seen. That's hilarious. And then the punchline was: a teacher walks up behind me and taps my shoulder and says, "No, that's the healthcare system." <laughs> this is before I knew that other countries didn't have those. Right. Because <laughs> in retrospect, it's like we got a pretty good. Like really, if I was yeah. American, that would be a good punchline. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> but here it's like, well, no. But they laughed at it for some reason. It's just like, oh, sixteen-year-olds being edgy. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's a, that's new. I mean, well, I mean, I don't think being edgy is new, but talking about politics at 16, I think that's, I don't know, man. Like, what what, what does an average 16-year-old boy think about? They think about their dick, yeah, dude. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it's all yeah, dick and shit of, jokes. I remember the, the 2011 class comes, there was a lot of, like, masturbation jokes and virgin <laughs> jokes and shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like, of course you're a virgin. You've got exams. Fucking yeah. focus, son. <laughs> <laughs> Priorities, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. There's time to fucking uni when you don't care about exams anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and so how far did you end up going in class class? Uh, the first year, um, the the guy who did the, the jokes about being Italian, he won the local heat. Right. Um, and I got runner-up, I think. The reason I didn't stop, because that gig wasn't very good. Like, I went okay-ish. Right. But, like, I was super nervous. Like, I'd done drama before, so I was used to being on stage. But I wasn't used to, like, doing my own material before. I was always school plays. Other someone, someone else had written my lines and directed me. And this was, like, all me. So it was, like, frightening as hell. The only reason I kept going was because um, Justin Hamilton, the MC, came up to me and told me that my jokes were better than the other guys. Right. But that he was just, like, a lot more confident than me. It's like, oh, all right, fair enough. Um, the year after that, 2011... I would love oh. to see a timid version of you on stage. Tim- <laughs> oh my god, dude! You are like you are the like shoutiest comedian yeah. ever. Like uh, you give me a run for my money. You're just <laughs> yelling, just going all out. Like <laughs> it doesn't even feel that way on, on on stage. But like when I watch back my videos, and when people like come up to me, it's like, no, you're right. You're absolutely correct. That yeah. I'm very shouty. Yeah, dude, I feel the same way, right? Because like I don't feel like I'm yelling the whole time. I listen back to the to, to my audio. It's like, dude, you sound like the angriest young man. <laughs> Screaming about traffic lights, like, do you know what I mean? Like, look, it's, I don't know, man. It's just my delivery, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like you, you, I've noticed, like, it's so insightful what people say about you to you. Like, there's so much stuff you don't realize about you and the vibe you give off, especially yeah. on stage, until you hear it from other people and you kind of collect that data. It's really hard to self-assess, even just listening to your own tapes. Like, you don't, you have a certain expectation of yourself that other people don't have. Yeah. So when they hear you, it's like, oh shit. Like that, and what they're expecting is more important because they're the audience. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. You've got you to understand what vibe you give off to the average person, not just what vibe you give off to yourself or even other comedians. Yeah, perception is a, um, 
Yeah, that's a funny thing because uh, like, yeah, there is so many elements to it. It's what you think of yourself, what your friends think of you, Mm. you know, what the general, like what what the audience thinks of you. Yeah. yeah, And it it is so hard to gauge. Like, man, I listen back to some of my recordings and even just the sound of my voice. Like, dude, like editing this podcast is just scrutiny. (laughs) It's so hard to listen to. It's like, man, that's my voice. Like, get fucked. That is... (laughs) That's what I sound like all the time. Really? Yeah, you know? I'm, like, I'm the same. Like I, it's weird when I talk to myself, I talk to myself a lot, like in my, when I'm alone at home, because I'm, I'm home alone a lot. Yeah. Because my mum goes to work. I don't live with anybody else. And when I talk to I myself- I do that too, but people are home. I sound like a mental case. <laughs> yeah. you, you just lost, you don't care about what they talk, I talk to myself in third person. It's really <laughs> fucked. It's really bad. <laughs> I'm not that far gone. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, when, when I talk to myself, I'm like an octave lower than I normally am. But then when I'm on stage, I'm an octave higher than when I'm at home. And I sound like, I don't like that. But no one else seems to mention it. People are like, oh, yeah, that's your voice, whatever. But I'm like, I sound like a child. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's hard. You can't regulate that kind of thing. You're just in the zone. Like, you're just talking. You can't modulate your voice without, like, a lot of experience and self-control. Yeah. I think also the fact that, like, sort of just the way comedy works in Wollongong is you need to be loud. Yeah, yeah. I think there's that pressure too. And the reality is like, I I don't know if you can have your deep talking voice when you're screaming. Like, otherwise you sound like a PE teacher, you know, like it's, it it won't work. It won't be funny. Yeah, it's like a low grumble kind of thing. Yeah, 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 I don't know. What's the deal (laughs) with politics? Just, yeah, it doesn't have that vibe. It doesn't have that vibe. Yeah, that, that is true, yeah. Yeah, and I think if you're talking about like, intense subject matter like i think if you have too much of a stern voice it loses it's funny mm. whereas when you're flailing about you know like i don't know it's just funnier but you need you need like the intensity behind it otherwise it doesn't just it just doesn't carry yeah yeah absolutely it's like i reckon if you were a deadpan comedian comedy in wollongong would be hard yeah like i swear dean jackson's gone decently well i think yeah but you know what dean ja- jackson has the deadpan thing but he still has that energy behind his voice because I think he's just, he gets it. Like, you just, I don't know, you can't be quiet in Wollongong. Whereas in Sydney, like, you watch comics do, um, you know, you watch comics do, like, those inner city, like, Surrey Hills gigs and stuff like that and they can get away with the deadpan thing because everyone's listening. Whereas, man, like, if there's a moment of silence in a Wollongong room, like, you feel like the audience yeah. feels like they need to feel the sound somehow. Like, there's this... Yeah, I dread silence. Yeah, it, man, I, I, And it fucks with my timing because, like, I, I, I talk too fast and I know I talk too fast because I listen to tapes and go, what the fuck did I just say? Like, I don't even understand my own voice sometimes. Yeah. But, like, sometimes you need to pause to draw out tension or to, to let a certain concept circle around someone's head for a bit so they get it. But you can't do that. You feel like you're, you're doing the wrong thing like it's this sense of like disapprobation like i'm wronging these people by not continuously talking yeah it's it is the cringiest thing to just be standing there and you're holding the loudest object in the room <laughs> yeah but there is still no sound coming out yeah. like it's yeah and even if it's like you said like you're just letting an idea sit or you could be taking a breath like mm. dude have you ever drank water on stage yeah, I have. Like, oh, it's, man. Oh, it feels like torture. Like, yeah, dude, like I want to glass myself in the face. I just can't. <laughs> just take the glass off. <laughs> yeah, it's just horrible. Just that, that moment of just taking a sip. It's just. Oh. Yeah, like I like I watch. Um, I probably watch too many fucking HBO specials and shit. But I, like, I love that moment where 
a comedian tells a joke and they get either a big laugh or an applause because I'm like, not because they told a super good joke. I'm like, yes, I can get a drink of water. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Good job. You got to time it. But you can't do that anymore. Like if you if you get like a really big laugh, you have you can get what maybe a teaspoon of water down before you yeah. got to put it because it's like there's the time to pick the thing up, put it to your mouth, drink it, swallow it, put it back down, go near the microphone. You can't have the microphone near you when you drink the water because otherwise you get the water on the microphone or they hear the gulp, which is just weird. Like, <laughs> and that's all like overhead. Yeah. That's like it. Once you've picked it up, you can drink for as long as you want. But like that's that's all overhead, <laughs> and it's <laughs> yeah. Easily, I think the best person to manage the uh, drinking water on stage thing was mm. Carl Barron. It was mm. one of his. I think it was the first DVD, the one where he's wearing a yellow shirt. Mm. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but he he goes to take a sip of water and just does not time it properly at all. <laughs> right, like it's just it is completely dead silent. And then he goes to drink from his glass, and while his lips are in the water, he makes like a meow noise, like a. <laughs> And and dude, no context to the joke, nothing at all. It is connected to absolutely nothing, but it is fucking hysterical, man. Like it is the ultimate, like I I just like just ultimate curveball out of nowhere. And dude, it kills. Like, do you know what I mean? And oh, it's so funny. Like, man, Carl Barron's one of the best. Like, do you do you like were you ever into Carl Barron? I I I remember watching a few of his like um clips at the Montreal Festival, like the five to ten minute sets he does there. I've watched them a few times. Right. Yeah, so yeah, they, they were they were good. Oh, well, that, that was probably like the, some of the first stuff I, I watched. Yeah, among the first things. Yeah, yeah. I reckon in Australia, I reckon a lot of people like their first introduction to comedy would be um, watching Carl Barron. Yeah, like man, the guy is just even now. Like he's not on TV, he's not on radio, he's not on anything. He's still like one of the biggest comedians in the country. Mm. Like he he has no issues no. selling it like selling a theater like. Yeah, he's living the dream, that guy, man. Mm. Not having to do breakfast radio as yeah. well as stand-up. Like, oh, dude. He's the only one. He's the only one that does that in this country, really. Like, I mean, yeah, because like, everyone else has like a gig somewhere else. Like they have a breakfast radio show or they're on the fucking project or Gruen or something. Yeah. Or, they're, or if they are only doing stand-up, they're doing like the RSL thing, which even still, like to do RSLs, to sell out an RSL is pretty good, right? But like, I mean, yeah, dude, to do theatres... And not have yeah. anything else going. I, I listen to a lot of music. It's just right, not. Okay. I don't. Want to, I don't want to sound like a hipster, but it's not the music that everyone else listens to. Like I listen to everyday music when I'm at work, just over the radio, so I can hear like standard pop music. I I recognize it. Right. But like the hits that everyone knows, there's only like a fifty-fifty chance that I'll know what it is. Right. Like there's some like big songs that I'll know. Like oh yeah, I know what that is. But yeah. there's a lot of songs. It's like you don't know that. Like no, yeah, and like right. maybe I'll know it when I hear it, but not yeah. what it's called or the artist. Yeah, dude, I'm the same though. I, I there's so like it's funny. It's not there's so many artists because you hear the same ten songs all day on the radio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but honestly, I can't decipher a lot of them. Like I can't. Like it's really hard to hear the difference between all of their voices mm. because the the processing and the editing that goes into you know, the, the engineering of the, the sound is all the same. It's yeah. so hard to hear the difference to actually know the names of the different people. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, like, so what's your, like, what do you listen to? Like, if you're, okay, you're like, all right, I'm sitting on this train. What, what, what are you doing? Um, probably, there's a lot of video game music on my, my phone, like Ratchet and Clank. Stuff I've gotten from, like, Grand Theft Auto. I wore a lot of music from Grand Theft Auto, just, like, random songs and stuff. Right. Um, Fuck, you are such a nerd, I, I am. Huge. <laughs> huge nerd. Like, Fully like not, not even listening to um, 
Like, I know people listen to, like, uh, movie scores and video game yeah, scores, yeah. but, like, Ratchet and Clank, like, you're not even yeah, going, yeah. like, that, for dude, something ratchet, artsy. I love ratchet it. Ratchet and Clank music is so good for studying. Like, it keeps me <laughs> pumped. Because it's, like, it's instrumental, but it's upbeat. Yeah. If I didn't have Ratchet and Clank, I would have dropped out of uni by now. Like, for real. Wow. <laughs> it just, like, I, if I'm reading stuff, I can't listen to it. But if I'm writing stuff, it just keeps me going. I, I remember I was writing stuff last week. And I wasn't, I didn't have any music on it. And I was just sitting there like, stuck. I can't do anything. Really? And I put it wow. on and I'm just like, fucking yes, it's go time. No, it does not aid my productivity <laughs> at all. If I'm listening to music, like I'm all in. I, I have to fully listen yeah, to it and I'm concentrating. Yeah. I can't, I can't, pa- I actually can't passively listen to music. Right. It's, I've tried it a few times and like I've tried instrumental music. So there's no lyrics to mm. distract me and that doesn't work. I've tried listening to just drone music just ambient music <laughs> and i can actually start writing but then all of a sudden i'm depressed because like i don't know i don't know what it is about ambient music it always has such a somber tone it's like all right this is like i don't know it's just weird like it, it's not it does not make you feel good yeah, right i don't know it kind of makes you think but it doesn't make you feel happy or like like ready to do anything i don't know i can't listen to music i'm writing writing in dead silence that's fair enough I'm yeah, when, when i'm writing comedy i can't listen to music when i'm writing something creative i can't but when i'm like explaining something or arguing something i can um I'm trying to think what else like a lot of songs from like gta i get like not just like the the hip-hop songs or the 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 rock songs but like they, they have like electronic music like mixes Right. Where they, they it's like it's not just like a song. They they themselves have hired someone to mix them to together and I get music. the mix itself and it's really nice. Oh, that's hilarious. I got into drum and bass because of um GTA. They had these um this radio station in GTA three called MSX. Right. And it was just like a, a DNB mix, for like half an hour. I'm like, this is awesome. But it had this fucking annoying ass um MC because there's this thing where I've I've listened to a lot of like DNB tracks and any live recording any DMB concert, there is always this annoying ass MC rapping over the top of it. Oh no! It's like Jesus Christ. No. And like in a, in a live setting, I can see why because it gets you hyped and it's like, all right, I don't want that. I just want the music by itself. Yeah. But thankfully, they have the the, the mixes with just the music in them. Yeah. So I found those and downloaded all of them, and that's also good music too. I've, to I've actually to. never heard someone rap over drum and bass. It's always these like really is it, full uh, on like Jamaican dudes. Like it's uh, always. <laughs> right. Okay. Because I was trying to think, I was like, maybe English rappers would do that. Like, because they like, oh, some, yes. uh, like grime and stuff like that. Because all their beats are off kilter and it's not like standard American hip hop. I thought maybe that, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Drum bass gives me anxiety, man. <laughs> I, I swear to God, it gives me anxiety. And like Deep House, like, man, I used to really love Deep House when I was at, like 18, like 19 first started going out and stuff like that. I really love that stuff. But like, the synths and stuff like that, it actually stresses me out. I don't right. find it relaxing at all. I don't know what it is, man. Just like oh, I wouldn't find it relaxing at with all. The, with the, like how they have the synths and it has like the, the, the slow attack and stuff like that, but like the synths just like roll in and it's like, you, I don't know, you feel it in your chest like when you're out and like in like a loud environment. Mm. I don't know why. It's, I react really weird to music, I'm realizing. <laughs> like I really take on the vibe of the, the songs. I don't know, man. Would you would you say that's because like you you're involved with music yourself, or was that just be like a, a, a weird anomaly? Because like I feel that way with like comedy. Like I don't I don't consume comedy the way a normal audience consumes comedy. Like I'm listening for techniques and stuff in a way that other people don't. So because you you're a musician, would you listen to music in a different way for that reason? 
Um, I think it's just I just have an autistic interest into music and it's just too much. <laughs> I think that's what it is. I think. <laughs> well, I don't know. I feel like music is very emotive. Like, like music has... Like, have you seen those videos where they like show scenes of a film without back like music? Uh, no. Oh, dude, there's there's one where they do ET with no with no music as he gets off the. Uh, I think it's the scene when he gets off the spaceship, hmm. and uh, Elliot's watching him like get off the ship or whatever, and there's no music, and you're just watching Elliot with his dumb face, and there's no <laughs> atmosphere, there is nothing at all, and it's just it's just the um it's just the folly, it's just the sound of like the ship opening and all that stuff. And there is no vibe. There is no atmosphere. It is the most awkward, cringiest thing you've ever seen. It's this ridiculous-looking head coming out of, a, out of a spaceship. It's so dumb. But, you, dude, you put, the, you put that anthemic music behind it, hmm. and all of a sudden, you're like, whoa, what is happening? This is like a pinnacle moment of the scene. It yeah. gives it all of this momentum. So I, I feel like music in general always has that sort of – it has a time and a place. Like, I think everything yeah. has a time and a place. So I think that's why I, I kind of feel such like a uh, – I don't know, maybe an attachment to it, like just for certain things. Like, I don't know, like right now, like in this house, like if I was to play like hardcore gangster rap, it just wouldn't be appropriate. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, my sister's just taking a shower and, you know, my mum's going to work or whatever. Like, that's not the time to be listening to that type of music. I just feel like everything okay. has a place. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm not. The, I'll, I'll listen to, to Nobody fuck the to police hear. whenever I want. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, good morning, family. Man down. Where are you from? <laughs> Yeah, I won't. I won't say the word, guys. All right, I won't say the word. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> I love the internet. Do you reckon? See, do you reckon if the internet wasn't a thing, do you think that controversy would have been as big? The the, the N word controversy. The N word controversy. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't think anything would be as big without the internet because it, it it accelerates the spread of everything and it it amplifies everything. So the number of people who've heard it, if it wasn't for the internet, would have been way lower. So, no. It would, like, within the circle, like, within the people who did hear it, like, maybe it would have had the same impact because it's still a social issue. Yeah. But it wouldn't, like, I probably wouldn't have a clue that it happened because I'm not in that, that circle. It just happened to come up on my feet or whatever at some point. So... It might have... Um, it might just probably have, like, the same mystique as the Beatles, I reckon. Like, you know how you always hear stories, like, they'll be like, oh, you know, John called Ringo a fuckhead and, like, <laughs> and like at one of the recording sessions or some yeah. shit like that. And, like, we don't actually know because there's no Snapchat. Yeah, it's, like, mythical, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. Maybe it would have been just, like, a rumour. Yeah, did, that- did, it, did it happen? <laughs> did a white lady say the N-word myth? <laughs> <laughs> Only the people there will know. <laughs> Like it's hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is in a way. Like if you to- if that if there was no video evidence of that happening, yeah. And like Kendrick Lamar, he's not fucking stupid. He's not dumb. He's he's intelligent. So you reckon it was intentional? Me, see, I, I'm I'm behind the theory that it was it was staged. I cannot believe. Do you for know a where second. that show was? What? Do you know where it was? No, it was in Alabama. <laughs> Even so, it was in Alabama. Of course, dude. What did you think was going to happen? Like that's like stereotypically like the most widest cunt, like widest part of of America. You know what I mean? Like it really has that. That's the stereotype of that area. Like, what did you think, dude? But even even <laughs> so, here's the, here's the thing though. If I was Kendrick Lamar 
And I was on stage in front of a bunch of white people and in my head like, all right, this is the part where I would invite someone on stage to rap that song, whatever it's called, with me. I know what words are in it. All I see are white faces. You know what? I might skip this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, exactly. or, you know what? I'm going to do this and I know someone's going to be filming because someone always is and then they're going to say the N word and then I'll get mad at them and it'll be a massive publicity thing. Could even have been on the spot like this will be useful. But I yeah. can't for a moment think he was dumb enough to invite a white person on stage, give them no instruction to say, hey, don't say that, by the way. Like, you can rap along to everything else, just like that word. Even just like a yeah. side line into the microphone. Yeah, dude, there was no tact, hey. Like, he just no. said it out loud. Like, he could have walked up to her, you know, just said it in her ear or something. Just be like, exactly, no, no, exactly. Like, yeah. There's nothing. It's like, come on. I understand if you're on stage. Like, we, like, we all make mistakes on stage, but we, yeah. in, in, in the heat of the moment, we might say something or whatever, and you're just not thinking straight. But he's a seasoned performer. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I lean more towards it being s- staged or an opportunity he saw than just a, whoa, like, I can't, yeah. I don't get the surprise. Like, you know how white people behave, dude. You've been on this planet for how long? <laughs> dude, you know what? You, you know give what? us an opportunity to say the M word. We're going to say it. We yeah. love saying it. We yeah. just don't say it because we get shit on for doing it. <laughs> But even still, like, <laughs> people were, like, all mad because she got up and said it. But, like, dude, there is, like, a thousand, there are thousands of people in that audience in Alabama. Right. You really think that these people aren't <laughs> rapping along with exactly. you? Exactly. Like, I don't know. That's such a hard thing, hey. Like, that, that's, that's, that's an odd moral question. Like, does, does the wrongness of a white person saying the N-word correlate with the amount of people who can hear it? <laughs> it's like, if, if, you, you, if, say, if, if you're in... If, if you say the N-word in a room full of people, <laughs> yeah, like if, if I said the M word here and there was no microphone, you weren't here. Like it wouldn't be wrong. <laughs> no one's gonna hear it. But if if Kendrick Lamar was standing in front of me, I'd be a lot more like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. And if there's a if there's a room full of people, it's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> the, the only thing I think they both took to L on it only because the only thing that really bugged me about what she said mm. on the stage, like saying the N word, was like one thing. But then like to be like. Um, then she turns around, she goes, am I not cool enough for you, bro? And it was like, oh, oh Jesus. Dude, that's yeah, when I was yeah, like, okay, yeah, no. all right. Like, you know. That's, yeah, you're missing the point. But, but, but again, with that, like, if, if it was a random person who you invited on stage, they're not going to have the same um, self-control over what they say, that same kind of seasoned control that performers like us have. Yeah. Like that's just like, oh, cool, I get to go up on stage with Kendrick Lamar, so a, a rapper I really like, and to sing with him. Like I would be, if that was me, I would be like in over my head. I would be very prone to saying something stupid. It's like when you watch clips of like Family Feud on YouTube and it's like, name, name a fruit that's yellow and they say orange. And like, how can someone be that fucking stupid? <laughs> because cause it's, it, it, it's in the moment. You don't realize what it's like till you're in the moment. It's like, and you, you're prone to do the exact same thing. Cause I can like totally empathize with that. Like, yeah. of course you're going to be that fucking stupid. There's like 20 cameras pointed at you. Yeah, the pressure of exactly. it. Exactly, it's yeah. the pressure. Yeah, dude. Like, dude, even just doing the podcast, like it's stressful. It's like hard to just turn the mics on and be like, this is what I'm doing. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. It was I'm, I'm kind of glad that you didn't say, all right, we're going to start now. I'm glad we were just into it because yeah. like, I would have I tensed up for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good technique. Yeah, for sure. I think I learned that from Mark Maron. Not directly because I don't know him, but you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, Jamal. Tell us yeah, about that yeah. time you met Mark yeah, Maron. Epic name drop. Clang Mark that, Maron. Yeah. T- tell us that story you've never told anyone because you're so <laughs> humble. I'm so humble. <laughs> 
Oh, man. I think my favorite thing about that Kendrick Lamar thing, though, was uh, that he only got upset and got her off the stage when she started fucking up his lyrics. Like, that was... <laughs> That was the tipping point for him. He's like, nah, I've had enough of this so, shit. So it was more of an excuse to get her off stage than an actual moral yeah, problem. Yeah, like- yeah. As soon as she missed the first bar and just got into it, like, mind you, they stitched her up because it wasn't like they started the song again. They just started, they just pressed play from when it paused. Oh. So she wasn't ready, right? They, right. I totally analyzed this thing way too much. <laughs> but dude, yeah, they stitched her up. She beefed the line and he was like, you can't rap. Now you got to get off oh. my stage. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's worse. <laughs> you, you can invoke the oppression of my people. <laughs> but if you, can't, if, you can't, if you can't hold a rhythm, yeah. like, I'm sorry. If you don't I know all the words. Be, we can't be seen together right now. <laughs> this is bad for my image. Oh, man. I don't have any problem with you being a racist, but I do have a problem with you being untalented. Like, yeah. <laughs> you need to know my lyrics, all right? I put a lot of effort into this shit. <laughs> I feel like you're not appreciating my art. It's not enough that you, know, that you give me your money. You need to give me, give me your time, man. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm going to see him when he comes out. Yeah. I've, I've got tickets. I do not want to see anyone on stage except for him. I really don't. That's, that's fair enough. Yeah, that's... I don't want to watch someone sing karaoke. Get the fuck out nah. of here, man. I'll go to the harp for that shit. <laughs> oh, my Kendrick Lamar karaoke at the harp. That's I did not what... want to see that. I did not want to see someone singing the Migos at the, at the harp. Oh, God. <laughs> That would kill me. That would actually kill me. I wonder if they've started doing that now. Because, like, now hip-hop is undeniably the biggest genre in the world. Like, how long until, um, you know, they start doing that, those songs. You hear Lil Uzi Vert on the karaoke machine, you know? <laughs> I don't want to hear it. No. I don't want to hear it. It makes me all the more glad I don't go to those kinds of things. Yeah, like, things. <laughs> no. I've only been to a karaoke thing once and I, I couldn't handle it. Could not handle it. It yeah, was I've, I've only been once. The best part of it was um, the fact that, like, I don't know, like, do you mean like karaoke, like at a bar, or do you mean like karaoke in like a private room with a bunch of people? No, at a bar. At a bar. I've, I've right. never done the it private. Go, if you get a chance to go to a private room, do it. Not because of the, the the chance to sing or anything, but because the music videos are fucking hilarious. Because it's all stock footage of irrelevant shit. It has nothing to do with anything. I went to do uh, karaoke with a friend of mine for their birthday and we went up to Sydney into this room and the, the music video switch, it was just every single song was just random fucking stock footage and it was like the Spice Girls uh, if you want to be my lover, you got to hang out with my friends, whatever that song is called. See, yeah. I don't know the name of the song right. but I know yeah. what it sounds like. Yeah. And, and the, the fucking... Music video was just seagulls on a beach eating chips. <laughs> eating chips. <laughs> what is this? The Spice Gulls? Like what? The, is, is, is this just a bad pun? Ah, <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Eating chips. Fucking yeah. hell. You know what? If you, the thing is, if you actually wanted that footage, right, you were searching for that specific yeah. stock footage, you wouldn't find it. No. You can stumble across it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And here we are at the end of another podcast uh, with my friend Liam McCann. I really enjoyed this podcast. It was quite a bit of fun. Uh, now, if you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did, please leave a review. I would greatly appreciate if you guys left an iTunes review. Give it five stars. Leave a little comment. Say why you liked it. Uh, yeah, that would mean a lot, actually. It kind of helps helps the visibility of the podcast. Gets the podcast out there a little bit more. Uh, also, our next show, as I previously mentioned, is on June 8th, which is this Friday. 
So if you listen to this straight away, it's tomorrow. Okay, it starts at 7 p.m. at Two Doors Up Cafe and Bar. Catch Lee McCann as your MC. And we have a bunch of talented comedians on the bill as well, as always. And we have a very special guest closing act. I'm very excited to announce that I will have Reuven Govender closing the evening from uh, South Africa, New Zealand. I don't know, he's from around the world. He's, <laughs> he's all the races, all right? He's, he's just all of them. He's an SBS wet dream, all right? Get along to it. Again, 7 p.m., two doors up, cafe and bar. Hope to see you there. Cheers.